Good day to you. We are reading in the book of Numbers. Now, last time we read Numbers chapter 13. And remember, that was about the spies spying out the land, coming back and giving their report. Remember that the spies were leaders of the tribes of Israel. They were important people that the people would know and trust. And remember that they came back and most of the spies had a bad report. So now we're ready to read Numbers chapter 14. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. Then all the congregation of Israel raised their voices and cried out, and the people wept that night. All the Israelites murmured in discontent against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, Oh, that we had died in the land of Egypt, or that we had died in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land of Canaan to fall by the sword? Our wives and children will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said one to another, Let us appoint a new leader and return to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the Israelites. Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes as a sign of grief. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land through which we passed as spies is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But all the congregation said to stone Joshua and Caleb with stones. But the glory and brilliance of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting, the tabernacle, before all the sons of Israel. So I want us to pause for a minute here and just think about what we're seeing. Now, the congregation is murmuring and weeping and complaining. Why did we leave Egypt? Why did we leave our slavery and bondage? Why did we leave that? It would have been better had we died there than to come out here and die in this wilderness. But out in this wilderness, they're following the Lord, and they're free, and he's given them everything they need. They're, they've immediately forgotten all the blessings, all the miracles that they're seeing every day, just from God showing them, leading them around with a column of fire, a column of smoke. They're forgetting all those things. And instead, they're seeing, now this is, and this is because, I'm going to put the blame where it goes for the most part, those other leaders of those other tribes, their report said that all oh, these people are too strong for us. We should be afraid of them. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. We're like bugs to be squished. 
that was the wrong rapport. You see Caleb and Joshua and you see their report. We should go. The land is exceedingly great, but these people are no match for God. And we have God on our side. And that was the correct report. Notice how the correct report is just a couple of people and they're outnumbered by the by the bad report, the guys who come back with the bad report. We see things like that in society today, even in Christian society, but just in society as general. A few people are saying the right things and telling the truth and the way we should see it, and everybody else is off, you know, complaining, afraid, scared. They don't know what to do or they don't know how to do it. That's what we're seeing here. This makes a good comparison for a lot of things. You could get a lot of messages out of this. But I want us to make sure that we realize these people have seen the miracles of God. These are not people that didn't see the miracles of God. They saw firsthand the miracles of God. And yet, they're afraid of these other people. And mind you, they haven't seen them themselves. They're going off the testimony of those ten other spies. Sometimes we can't just listen to the crowd. Sometimes we have to pay attention to both sides and see what we think. And had they bothered to listen to Caleb and Joshua and really gave it some thought, I think they could have seen this differently for themselves. So these people are, the, people, the Israelites are listening to those ten bad reports over the two good reports. They're forgetting the miracles of God, and they're ready to replace Moses and return to slavery rather than accept and take the promise that God has given them. And again, remember, they've seen the miracles. They know God can do this. And then when Joshua and Caleb are telling them, wait, listen, listen to the good things here. Listen to it is an exceedingly good land. The Lord will bring us into this land and give it to us. Do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed. The Lord is with us. But the people, as we know, are not listening to that. And so they're saying, let's stone Joshua and Caleb and kill them. But the glory and brilliance of the Lord appears at the tent of meeting. God saved Joshua and Caleb. If God has, does not intervene, Joshua and Caleb would be stoned and would die. So let's read on. The Lord said to Moses, How long will these people treat me disrespectfully and reject me? And how long will they not believe in me despite all the miraculous signs which I have performed among them. I will strike them with the pestilence, plague, and dispossess them, and will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. But Moses said to the Lord, The Egyptians will hear of it, for by your strength you brought up these people from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, Lord, are among these people of Israel, that you, Lord, are seen face to face while your cloud stands over them, 
and that you go before them in a pillar of cloud by day and in a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you kill these people as one man, then the nations, Gentiles, that have heard of your fame will say, Because the Lord was not able to bring these people into the land which he promised to give them, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. But now, please let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared, saying, The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving wickedness and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting, avenging the wickedness and guilt of the fathers on the children, to the third and fourth generations. That is, calling the children to account for the sins of their fathers. Please pardon the wickedness and guilt of these people, according to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you have forgiven these people from Egypt even until now. Now, if we remember, they've already had other problems and issues like this. That's why I keep repeating some of these same things, saying, you know, they've seen these miracles, and yet here they are. They are still complaining and not believing and not trusting in God. The one thing we should really take away from all of these Old Testament accounts, especially like these early on, is that we should be trusting and relying on God and following Him and following what He says. For us, it is different than it is for them. We don't get to see these miracles right up front, right in front of our eyes. But nonetheless, if we need to believe and we need to follow and trust God, that if we do the right things and act correctly, He is with us. So Moses here pleads for God to please forgive them and not get rid of all of them. And that's what he's doing here. He's pleading for these people. He he is interceding for them. Now I want you to think about that for a moment. Jesus intercedes for us. We have an even better intercessor. We have Jesus who intercedes for us. It's not anyone else. It's the Lord himself that intercedes for us. So now we're going to read on and see what the Lord says in response to this. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my miraculous signs which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, will by no means see the land which I swore to give to their fathers, nor will any who treated me disrespectfully and rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered, and his descendants shall take possession of it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valley. Tomorrow turn and set out for the wilderness by way of the Red Sea. The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, How long shall I put up with this evil congregation who murmur in discontent against me? 
I've heard the complaints of the Israelites which they are making against me. Say to them, As I live, says the Lord, just what you have spoken in my hearing I will most certainly do to you. Your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness, even all who were numbered of you, your entire number from twenty years old and upward, who have murmured against me. Except for Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua, the son of Nun, not one of you shall enter the land in which I swore an oath to settle you. But your children, whom you said would become plunder, I will bring in, and they will know the land which you have despised and rejected. But as for you, your dead bodies will fall in this wilderness. Your sons shall be wanderers and shepherds in the wilderness for forty years, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness, spiritual infidelity, until your corpses are consumed in the wilderness. According to the number of days in which you spied out the land of Canaan, forty days, for each day you shall bear and suffer a year for your sins and guilt. For forty years, and you shall know my displeasure, the revoking of my promise and my estrangement because of your sin. I, the Lord, have spoken. I will most certainly do this to all this evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed by war, disease, and plagues, and here they shall die. As for the men whom Moses sent to spy out the land, and who returned, and made all the congregation murmur and complain against him by bringing back a bad report concerning the land, even those ten men who brought back the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. Now looking at these verses here, one thing we want to remember and think about too. Here, God had brought these people to a point where they, they could go in and they could possess the land. They could have the life that God had promised them. He had promised them a good life. He didn't say it was going to be the easiest thing in the world. He didn't say it was going to be extremely simple and that, you know, they would just walk in and ta-da be it. But he did say that they could have this life, that if they would follow him and do what he said, they could have this life. They could enter this land and it would be theirs. He would be with them. They would take this land and it would be theirs. So this would be a new life for them, okay? They would have this new life, not a life of slavery they left behind in Egypt, but a new life of freedom and a life that would be a good life, following God, having Him in their presence. And this is much like when we become a new Christian. When we become a Christian, we are entering a new life. And we need to make sure that we are following the Lord and that we are possessing that new life, not letting the things that fear us, that scare us, the, the conflicts, you know, run us off or push us away or scare us off, not letting those things deter us, but instead we should be trusting in God and knowing that He is with us 
and we should be possessing this new life of ours. And that means out in society, with society, not being afraid to let people know that you're a Christian. Doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious and blasting it all the time, but maybe you're out for a meal and, and you want to say a prayer before you eat, you go ahead and do that. It's okay. It's okay to pray in public. You may have heard a story recently about, um, it was a football coach, I believe. I think it was a high school coach. Might have been a soccer coach. Can't remember. But he prayed out on the field, and they fired him. And then legally, he got his job. Well, legally, I think they had to pay him. I don't know if he got his job back, so to speak. I don't know if he would have wanted it back. But they fired him for praying out on the field in public. And then, you know, he, of course, took that to court because, especially in the U.S., that's a freedom we have, freedom of religion. And we should be able to do that without fear of reprisal, just like a Muslim should be able to do that if they want, or anyone else. I don't know if, I don't know if Buddhists pray, but whatever. If, they, if, they're, if you're some religion and you're, you know, you're going to pray, you should pray. That's fine. You know, nobody should be putting you in jail over it. I mean, you shouldn't be doing it to block traffic in the middle of the street. You know, there's certain regulations we have to put on everything. Everything has to be done in order, but that's our laws here. We should be free to pray and worship God without any difficulty. So we can't be afraid to do these things. We've got to be willing to go in and possess our life. God is with us. And that means sometimes we'll have to do some hard things. We'll have to look at some giants, you know, problems or difficulties, and we're going to have to face them down knowing that God is with us. Now, those can be all kinds of different trials and struggles in life, but I just want to mention that. So let's continue on. Moses spoke the Lord's words to all the Israelites, and the people mourned greatly. They got up early in the morning and went up to the ridge of the hill country, saying, Look, here we are. We have indeed sinned, but we will go up to the place which the Lord has promised. But Moses said, Why then are you transgressing the commandment of the Lord when it will not succeed? Do not go up, or you will be struck down before your enemies, for the Lord is not among you. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites will be there in front of you, and you will fall by the sword, because you have turned away from following the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But in their arrogance they dared to go up to the ridge of the hill country. However, neither the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord nor Moses left the camp. Then the Amalekites and the Canaanites who lived in that hill country came down and struck the Israelites and scattered them as far as Hormah. Here again, they've not learned their lesson. They're going against the word of God. They're not following the Lord. They're going against him. He's told them at this point, he said, no, don't bother. You can't go up there. You can't do it. You know, Moses is telling them, look, you've already sinned. Are you going to sin again? It's not going to succeed. God is not with you. And God has told them he's not with them. They will die in the wilderness. And that has scared them, and that has scared them straight, you might say. Well, almost straight. Because now, they want to follow the Lord, but it's 
they're past that point now. The Lord has already told them what they need to do, and this isn't it. Now, instead of trying to force God to give them what he's promised them in this weird way, had they all gone together and maybe prayed for further or more forgiveness, maybe, maybe God would have relented. But instead, they show again that they want to do things their way, in their time, the way they want to do it. And God is not with them. And if God is not with them, then failure is what they're going to get. And we can see that a lot in our lives. When God is not with us, things things go badly. Things go poorly. Life is not as good. So we want to make sure that we're following the Lord correctly to begin with and that we are not doing like the children of Israel here. Remember that all of these are examples. These are things for us to learn from these people. It's not that they're any different than we are. They're certainly no worse than we are. We make a lot of these same mistakes. So let's take these things we're learning here and try to apply them to ourselves. Make sure we're following the Lord correctly to begin with. And then we won't have these types of issues. Make sure that we're not murmuring and complaining about our lives. The Lord blesses us in so many ways. We have so many blessings that we do not need, nor should we be complaining all the time. Instead, we should be enjoying our blessings and counting our blessings and reflecting upon our blessings. We should remember and think about the good things in our lives, our family, our friends, people that love us, people that we love, people that we love are very important to us. We should think on all those good things that we do have in life. Now, this has been Numbers chapter 14. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May God bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.